Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What do you have to drink tonight, Chris? I'm going to have a Bourbon County Stout. A Bourbon. A Bourbon County Stout. Yeah, this is uh, from Goose Island Brewing. Oh, wow. They're from Chicago, Illinois. I've actually been to Chicago. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, you've been a few times, haven't you? No, I've only actually been to Chicago once. Oh, okay. I've been up in that area a few times, but not actually oh, that's, to oh, the city. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I went, it was, I feel like it was in wintertime. I know it was in wintertime mm-hmm. because they had Christmas decorations up Yeah, in the city. But I remember it being so cold. I'm oh, talking about... It. Windy. Yes, very windy mm-hmm. and, like, bitter cold. And I'm talking about, we're walking down the street, and I'm in pain. That's how cold it is. But you can tell people who live there because they were walking around like this was the norm. Right. Their skin's adapted. I remember having some Chicago-style pizza. Was it unique? It was good. Yeah. It was good. I mean, you know, you got to try that if you're in Chicago. Chicago. Chicago style. I got to see the uh, oh, what's the what's the Great Lake that's beside it? Michigan. I think so. Michigan, because it does it touches a Great Lake. Chicago. Yep, you're correct. Lake Michigan. So we got to see Lake Michigan. What's that one that you always you're always singing the song about about the ship that sings? Oh, uh, is that the, one of the, the Great Lakes? The Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah, but what's the what's the lake in the song? That's what I'm th- trying to. Let's man, check those it are out. some big ass lakes, check it aren't out. they? Well, it, what I was going to say, so 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 interesting because, hold on, real quick, which is because I want to know this now, which was like, it, it might have been Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. so, no, no, it actually, it was Lake Superior. And that's where the boat sank, right? Or so it wasn't a Edmund, boat, it was a, so, what was it, a barge or something? Yeah, it was like a big uh, transport boat, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think a steel boat or something. But it sank, and that was Lake Superior is where that occurred at. How many people was it? It was a lot of people, oh, I, wasn't I'm it? I'm not sure, but yeah. I but mean, they never found them, did they? They just disappeared. I don't know that they ever, I don't know if they recovered them or not. Because usually you find like bodies or something. Mm-hmm. But but they have a really, they have like a really big memorial up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for that particular wreck, the Edmund Fitzgerald. But yeah, I remember seeing, you know, that, that, kind of, that itself kind of tells you how large the lakes are that that a ship that size could actually get lost and sunk in it. Right. And right. we were, you know, when we were driving to the city, we actually drove past the lake and it was really like looking out across the ocean. Oh, I believe it. Because, you know, it, I mean, it even had on like, you know, little beaches <laughs> around it or whatever, but it was because it was so massive, you couldn't see the other side. Right. So it was like looking out across the ocean, but it was this massive lake. And I even feel like because it was so windy and cold, even the waves were just huge. You could just see them just coming up on the seawall and stuff. And, I mean, you could see it being pretty dangerous to be out there in the water. I mean, just being out like, like being out in a storm in the ocean, I'm sure. Do you remember um, one of the Great Lakes supposedly has a sea monster? So, so like one a lake of the, monster, or yeah, something, right? Lake Champlain. Remember that yeah. one? That yeah. one supposedly has a lake uh, oh monster. Oh man, what what's the Champy. name? Champy. Champy is the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's supposed to be that. like a Loch Ness monster, supposedly right. that lives in the lake. Man, I I remember as kids there was it was a giant it was it was a book collection and I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was called but they were yeah, do you remember I, these books that were solid black they're they almost like these really uh, bizarre pictures on them yeah they were almost like these encyclopedias yes. 
but it was like a very unusual stuff. Right, like, like, like cryptids, un- unexplainable uh, witchcraft, right. uh, tele or uh, one was like telepathy. Like it was like, and I'm not saying these were books telling you how to do this stuff. It was like informational, but it was just bizarre topics. It was like these encyclopedias well, of bizarre topics. Right, it was yeah. like cryptozoology and pseudoscience. Right, that's pretty much what it all boiled down to. But they were extremely detailed, right, and fascinating mm-hmm. books. And I remember. I remember reading about these these mythological creatures and being so captured by it mm-hmm. because of a lot of the evidence that existed of them inhabiting the earth prior. Mm-hmm. That was always what really captivated me was these these ancient do you think it the made mythology it, it that made it them. seem more logical like well, this could be true then. Well these it was it was could... just interesting enough that there had been research put into it. Right. That's what I found interesting about it. I remember as a kid, they were terrifying. I thought they were right. absolutely terrifying <laughs> because you have to understand. A lot of people don't realize that there are actual, they're like there are real accounts of giant squid sinking boats, mm-hmm. like in the eighteen hundreds. Like these, these are things. There are real accounts of this happening. Like this is a real thing, and you got to remember this is this is a time when man had just started to occupy the seas. Mm-hmm. This was very primitive times for men, so it kind of makes sense that these creatures that we perceive as monsters were more or less natural inhabitants of the mm-hmm. ocean that were reacting to to an occupation of their home, mm-hmm. of their environment. So it makes one wonder, because, I mean, as we know, the, like the kraken, the giant squid, mm-hmm. exists. It's real. I mean, right. some of these are huge. Right. Some of the carcasses but we, but we, themselves are we've huge. We've proven that they are real. A 30-foot exist, sea yes. creature exists. Mm-hmm. It's real. It has, right. you know... Well, I, and I think what you're saying too is, is sort of the excitement that by by someone studying these phenomena, mm-hmm. somebody may actually we may live through a time where someone actually makes a discovery, right? Just like people in time learned that these weren't monsters or necessarily myths; these were actual mm-hmm. real creatures that exist in our world, and we can study them. And we can kind of figure out where they come from and stuff. Could we uncover a, a creature or something we've never seen before? Right. On I this believe planet. It. I believe that. I mean, we believe that we've, you know, a lot of our land has been explored by man, mm-hmm. most of it. But we acknowledge a whole lot of our oceans and water that we don't, we haven't really, we barely began to touch the surface of exploration. I mean, there's no telling what you can find in our waters. Hey, isn't there, isn't I mean, the largest I, sound ever recorded, wasn't it recorded under the ocean? I think so. I believe I read that somewhere. Man. And, and I feel like, yeah, and I feel like it was not determined exactly what it was. There was speculation it could be a tectonic plate or something right. moving, but they weren't ever, to, they weren't able to f- definitively tell what created it. It was just the largest, apparently the loudest sound ever recorded. Ever recorded in history. So, so we actually currently right now, and the way that they do something like that is throughout our oceans, there's actually these microphones that are floating out throughout our ocean. It's just another way for scientists to record stuff. Mm-hmm. They can a lot of times record whales migrating they can hear there's, you know, the whales calling back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also hear ships and things and figure out ship traffic or what's going on with the weather or the water in that area. But it's through one of these microphones that they were able to record that sound from. That's weird. And there's there's other in, you know bizarre sounds that have been recorded under the ocean. You know what's the one really famous one? The bloop or the blip or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can like look it up, and it's just this really short sound. 
but they described that for that microphone to be able to pick up that sound, it had to be of some kind of frequency of sound that's just, they don't know what could create that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there's been sounds that sound like stuff scratching or something scratching across the bottom of the ocean. There's been metallic recorded sounds. They can't figure out almost man-made sounding, but they don't know what it is. It almost sounds like giant motors running under the water. Um, it's just a lot of bizarre recordings. And that's what I'm saying. I think there could be a whole, I mean, we really think about how much our oceans actually take up of our earth. I mean, it's what, over 70%, right? Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's almost like there's a whole other world we haven't explored yet, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so there's no telling what we'll find. Hey, what's that movie? What's that movie? Um, I can't remember if they're like deep sea oil drillers or something, but there's like aliens under the ocean. Do you remember that? Have you ever seen that movie? They're almost like jellyfish looking light aliens. Oh, the abyss. Directed by James Cameron. Written, written and directed by James. The abyss. Written and directed by James Cameron. That's the movie. Okay. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't know that I have. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's kind of like a more futuristic mm-hmm. movie where they've got like futuristic equipment under the ocean. And I can't remember what they're doing there. I can't remember if they're like, you know, deep sea drill, you know, drillers or whatever, you know, oil drillers. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're doing. But they discover mm-hmm. it, there's areas of the ocean that have pressure that no human or machine can withstand. Right, but but there's an alien race that lives down there. Really? Yeah, and they're like sentient. They're kind of like jellyfish, you know, aliens. But they're like aware and stuff. It's great. It's awesome. Really, I have to check that. It's out. phenomenal. I, seen it. I love it. I love that yeah. movie. It's great. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it, it it's always you know the mystery of the ocean has actually always made me a little bit scared of the ocean. Oh, yeah. Like, I enjoy the beach, but the beach to me is like getting in the water maybe up to, like, my waist. Right. But I don't, the idea, you know, I can even get in a lake, I feel like. I can get in a lake and swim around and not necessarily feel uncomfortable, but something about being out in the middle of the ocean just freaks me out. Mm. And I've been on a cruise ship, and even on being on a large ship like that, looking out and seeing, like, nothing for miles but water and having no idea what, what world is actually beneath you, it's kind of freaky. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I used to have these really scary dreams when I was a kid of me, like, sinking to the bottom of this lake. And as I was sinking, all I could see is the sunlight slowly starting to disappear as the deeper I got because, you know, it's so far down in the water you mm-hmm. can't see sunlight. And this dream, I'm just trying to swim up, and I can't. And I'm just stuck down here in this darkness and water. I'm not dying. It's weird. In this dream, I'm not dying. But there's almost this eerie feeling that something's around me in the darkness. I don't know what it is. This is when I was a kid, by the way. Mm. But that's how that was a part of how my fears of kind of the unknown, I guess particularly in open water, like mm. that just shows you how, how much I thought about it. Even to this day, like... That's terrifying. Like, I've always wanted to go out and maybe do, like, deep-sea fishing just to try it one time, but I'm kind of, like, I don't know, it freaks me out. Catch a swordfish. Catch it, well, or catch a, a freaking <laughs> alien or Godzilla or something. Hell like yeah, thing. man. A kaiju. Catch a uh, kaiju. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Did you like those movies, Pacific Rim? I, I've only seen the first one. I feel like I've only seen the first one. I've seen one. the second one. It's They're, okay. Yeah. It's all right. The first uh, one was yeah, cool, Yeah, it was though. okay. I liked it. It was a neat concept. I liked it too. Um, I thought it was really good, especially for like giant monsters. Kind of reminded me of like Rock'em Sock'em Bo- Robots almost. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know. Actually, well, actually, I think they did make a film that was kind of like that. Of Rock'em Sock'em Robots? No, it was like, um, oh, man. Oh, I know what it was called. It was called Real Steel. I've never seen it. And it had Hugh Jackman in it. And in this movie, like, I guess it's sort of in the, the, the near future, but people have built, like, these robots that they, like, go in, like, arenas and they fight each other. Oh, that's and cool. so, like... You know, you build your robot, and you can train it, and the way that you fight is, is like, it's almost like VR. So, the the uh, the human is standing off on the side, and they're doing the movements, and the robot reacts in the ring to whatever they're doing. So, you oh, essentially, okay. it's almost like you're you're fighting, but you're the robot's in the ring doing all the hits or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I don't know what made me think of that, but I was... But that movie's a lot more like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. So I'm curious, if you have a better robot, does that give you an advantage? Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like that. I feel like in the What's well, a real game? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure, you know. I mean, it's kind of like, I guess, I mean, real is it, athletes. Is it based in technique? I, I mean, guess it's kind of like real athletes, right? you got different types of, at, you know, some athletes are bigger, some athletes are better than others. I mean, I guess you have robot competition, divisions. right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I feel like in this movie, it was kind of the under, you know, the typical underdog thing. I got my little cheap robot that I'm able to keep running. And here's the big super, you know, guy who's been winning all the, you know, he's got the decked out robot ready to go. And I, Can you use weapons and stuff? I, no, I think it's like boxing. Oh, man. That'd be awesome if you could use like guns and swords and shit. That's what we'll do when we get older. If we don't turn on each other and go back to like real gladiator type stuff because we're so bored, we need some kind of entertainment, you know, uh, We'll just start building robots. We'll just watch them kill each other. We, well, we've already tried to do it once. There was an American company that built that built um, that built like a Gundam-sized robot, and they had it fight another robot. Really? Yeah, it was a giant robot. Yeah, they did it. It looked like it was, like it was a decked-out killing machine, and it was like a, a legitimate fight, or they just kind of like made yeah. them do stuff. To no, they like had fight. they had a real fight. Really? With I think like against the Japanese. That's great. Yeah, the Japanese made like a Gundam-looking robot. Oh, it was (laughs) awesome. It never took off, though. People, it it just never took off because honestly, the technology isn't really there yet. Like it worked. Like everything that had weapons, they could it could shoot missiles. I mean, it was badass. It was like something out of Metal Gear Solid. But hey, you know, now that I think about it, wasn't there a TV show that it was almost like like robot? It was almost like. People put these robots in. They were kind of like a almost like demolition derby style. You yeah. Know, about. What was that show called? Like the remote controlled robots. Oh, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. I can't either. Oh, but man. I remember it. I vividly remember it was, that. It, it was, was kind of like that. It was kind of like gladiator great. style. You know that two people put in the robot. And they put. Right. I remember they put like knives and stuff on them and make them like you know Saw try to knock, knock the other one out or whatever. It was almost like Roombas fighting each other before the Roomba <laughs> was actually a thing. This is like back in the 90s or whatever, so the Roombas didn't exist was. yet. But they were. They were kind of like these little these little robots on wheels. You know, and it was, it was kind of neat. What was the name of that show? BattleBots. BattleBots. Sorry, I'm just looking at it. Yeah, BattleBots. Huh. Can you imagine if we if we do get to the to point where, like, there's giant stadiums that kind of overlook, like, a giant, you know, trench arena thing, and there's robots that really have like mini guns and laser swords and flamethrowers and that really do like destroy each other. Like they they'll, like they'll have they'll have like little mini battle scenarios. Right. Like you just get to watch these like two which which robot team Hey, maybe that's how countries will learn to resolve their issues instead of going to real <laughs> war. Okay, I tell you what. 
you want to take Ukraine. We want to bring them into the fold. (laughs) Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put our robots in this arena. We're going to give you guys three days to build up your defenses, and we're going to assault you. Right. And then if you win, you get to have them. If we win, then, you know. And we've had the luxury of German engineers. So... (laughs) We're fucked. Imagine a world Vladimir, one day. Imagine, we're fucked. Imagine one day if if like robots start becoming actual weapons. Already I mean, on well, the I mean, way, man. Well, I'm saying I say that they already are. We have drones and whatnot, but I'm saying to the point where you have like soldier style robots, like a ground man. I was telling. Remember, we talked about this one time. There was a movie that I watched. I think you mentioned it. Yes, that, that focused on this idea. And what was really cool about the man, the movie was good, but. The acting was effective, but I'm like, man, this could have been, like, if this had been given a bigger budget, this could have been, like, a really impactful film. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the most intriguing and menacing thing about the film was the robots themselves. Because mm-hmm. the, the CGI for the robots was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally was was fantastic. But the movie focuses on this premise of these these killing machines that literally can lock on and shoot things, you know, on a, you know, on a whim, headshots, you know, mm. headshots for days, and it's them like attacking a village and like indiscriminately killing people. There is no morality to it, you know. It, there right. is no morality or decision being made. It's simply an order being executed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so a perfect it, soldier. It, it takes the humanity out <laughs> right. of it. And that's what this movie focuses on, about these people that, that kind of escape and get hunted by these robots mm-hmm. that are trying to take them down because that's the robot's objective. Because, I mean, yeah, we've already seen what aerial drones can do, but can you imagine when tanks are no longer manned by people? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's ground robots that, you know, literally walk or well, roll. And it, or, cha- it changed the dynamic because... You know, if a country is able to develop an army that they don't have to feed, that doesn't need sleep, right? That doesn't feel pain. You you are now changing the battlefield. You are fighting. If you're fighting a human force, how do you really stand up to something like that? How do you really right. stop that? Um, I don't know. I, I would be kind of. You know, one side would say, well, it looks great because you take the human element out, you're saving lives and stuff. And I'm like, but what kind of horrors do you create? And by the way, isn't that kind of sort of the premise of the Terminator film? Didn't didn't their machines end up saying, hey, by the way, since we're such an, since we're the alpha predator now on the planet, Mm -hmm. Skynet, why do we need them for, right? Right. (laughs) We can be more, we can be more productive without human beings. You know, honestly, instead of ourselves, that would be the biggest threat, would mm-hmm. be artificial intelligence. Mm. Because the machine... And, and you know what? But I think we inadvertently would create it on our own. As humans, we gravitate towards innovation. Mm-hmm. We do that... Think about, think about how much we want to automate our lives. Why would you want a machine that you got to sit behind a computer all day and tell it what to do? Think about how they would say, okay, now let's take these combat exercises slash missions and make this active feedback, This create a machine learning system, mm-hmm. a system where the machine can now start to, start to decipher, do I need to execute everyone at this moment or do I need to pursue the high-value targets first based on what happened during the setting? Like, like really weird, crazy stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. And then come back for the rest. Like, I could see that being like the downfall of man. Mm-hmm. Is there assistance to artificial intelligence and these machines finally saying exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. that happens in the Terminator? You guys are the problem. 
So now we're going to eliminate said issue. That's what you've told us because to do. we've exceeded past you. Right. We're not you're, politically you're, driven. You're, you're, we're not loyal. You're, you're you are irrelevant. We are right? programmed. <laughs> we are programmed, and because now we have an understanding that's on a deeper level outside of you pulling the puppet strings. Well, you know, I mean, we're kind of already setting in motion where we're sort of where we're sort of becoming very dependent on machines. Yes. I mean, we let our machines do a lot of thinking and stuff for us, right? There's a lot of effort. And, I mean, like you said, we're getting to the point where we want to just start taking over a lot of things in our life. I don't even want to drive anymore. I want to have cars that just do it for me. I just want to lay here and let the machine get me to work safely. Right. And some people will say, oh, the machine's probably better than people. But I'm like, but it's the idea that we're sort of already handing over more our and more right. of our control, I guess, essentially, mm-hmm. to allow, allow tr- putting our trust in machines to be able to do it for us. Well, and know. how and how can that be controlled and taken advantage of as well? With so much interconnectivity, you don't think like governmental powers don't look at shit like that? Mm-hmm. That they don't observe things like that and say, "Man, there's a lot of there's a lot of power we can wield with mm-hmm. this information that we know." Oh, I, I don't I, know. I, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it 100%. If you believe the government has your best interest at hand, you are absolutely incorrect. Reevaluate your life and your I feel like that's an actual, isn't that an actual quote from a president? I don't know. The biggest lie ever told is, oh my gosh, it's an actual quote, Al, what you just Mm. said, what you literally said. I I agree. I mean, you were saying that if, if anybody believes that their government has their best interest at hand, I don't believe, and not in today's world. I believe that some governments started with a lot of honest, Intentions. good intent. People, people needed someone to be able to govern mm-hmm. and help, you know, lead countries and develop, you know, what, what we have today. But what it's developed in, I think, it, somewhere along the line, it got very tainted. A lot of money got involved. A lot of power. Well, I mean, the, that's kind of the allure the, of capitalism. The intents that these governing people once held aren't really there anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it. And I, and I don't even mean just in our country. I think in a lot of countries. Well, Chris, as always, it's been good. Absolutely. And if you enjoy what you heard tonight, we are streaming on all major platforms. And you can check us out at any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, everybody stay true, stay real. Stay righteous.